Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. I just wanted to touch on the Tyson Fury fight. So he did what he was supposed to do, right? Francisco Pineta went to decision with him. So how did he look? What did you guys think? Well, looking at him, I thought he did what he was supposed to do. I know a lot of people thought that we were going to get a knockout. Even the books did, actually. They had a minus 425 to knock him out. And that didn't happen. And a lot of people were upset about it. But that's not Tyson Fury's style. If you've watched him, that's not how he fights. Now, he is undefeated. And he does have something like 16 knockouts. But that's just not what he does. That's not the type of fighter that he is. He is a smooth operator in there. So when he gets in there and he goes to the decision, people shouldn't be surprised. Now, what did I see from Tyson Fury in this fight for his future matchup with Wilder? Well, there are a little, uh, a few little things I saw that I think may make the fight with Wilder much harder for Fury. One, I think his foot movement, his overall fleet-footedness has diminished. Now, that probably is because this is only his second fight back. And what can you expect? The guy was huge. He lost a lot of weight. The first fight back was absolutely garbage. He really didn't do anything. He was in with a no-hoper. And then in this fight, he went 10 rounds. So he was working on things. Just like he said, he was working on his speed. He was working on his defense, working on his jab, you know, trying to move. and Because that's what he knows he has to do against Wilder. Regardless of what he says about knocking him out, he knows. He has to win a decision. So there were little areas in the fight where I said, ah, if Wilder was in there, would, it, would he still be fighting the same way? And that's a big question. People who back Fury are going to say, no way. Like he was working on stuff. He would never do this with Wilder. He would never do that with Wilder. And they better be right. Because he can't screw around with Deontay. It only takes a glancing blow, and that dude will knock you out. And I'm not a big Deontay Wilder fan. I think his record is littered with tomato cans, to be honest with you. His technique is god-awful most of the time. Throwing punches all crazy and wild, off balance. But he can hit. And when he hits you, you go to sleep. He's got good speed, amazing power. And he's got heart. He showed that in the Ortiz fight. I was one of those people who questioned his chin. I still do. But he showed heart. He didn't even go down from Ortiz. And he came back and knocked him out. So you got to give him his props. Like I told you guys before in the first ever podcast, you cannot be biased if you want to bet and win long term. You simply can't. You got to look at the fight on paper. Look at the fighters as a stat, basically. What does this fighter bring? What does that fighter bring? And take all emotion out of it. Sure, we all have our favorite fighters and we all have our favorite styles, but don't bet those fights then if you just want to cheer. It's different when you're betting. So from a betting perspective, Wilder can win the fight all the way into the last second of the 12th round. Fury has to be perfect. Wilder can make mistakes all fight long because I don't believe Fury hits even as hard as Ortiz. To me, Ortiz is a very, very skilled fighter. Granted, he's probably 60 years old, but he's a great counterpuncher. He has good power, and he showed that in the Wilder fight that he belongs. I mean, he's a top guy. Fury, on the other hand, doesn't have that type of power. He just doesn't. And his hands-down, chin-up defense is terrible if Wilder ever connects. I mean, that literally could be one punch good night. So I think Fury has to really tighten up the way that he's going to fight.
Deontay Wilder. He's going to use the movement. He's going to use the jab. But the hands down chin up is always going to be dangerous. And one of the problems I saw in this fight with Francisco is that when Francisco really pressed forward, he got Tyson to make a huge mistake, which was to go straight back. And Tyson does this a lot. But his height and reach in that jab usually keeps him safe. But I don't think that's going to be the case with Wilder. And that's a perfect last name. Wilder is wild. And I think those wild punches, those looping haymakers, may play right into his hands. Because if he presses Fury, and Fury jumps back, thinking he's out of range, and one of those huge haymakers comes over the top, boom, good night. And I can see that happening. I just cannot get that out of my head. How Francisco had success getting on Tyson's chest. How Francisco had success pushing Tyson back straight back. And he even had him in the corner sometimes. So now you could say, oh, well, he was playing with him and he never landed a punch. And, you know, he outclassed him. All of that is true, 100%. But what I'm saying is you have to look at this. What if he does this with Wilder? And you could say he won't do that. But you have to be right for all 12 rounds that he won't do that. He can't make a mistake. He can't clown around in the corner for 30 seconds because one of those haymakers could put his lights out. He can't He can't miss time, his distance, one time with Wilder pushing him back and he goes straight back with his hands down, chin up. Not one single time because if he does, it's over. He's knocked out. So from a betting prospect, I think... That Wilder has many more ways to win, can make many more mistakes going in. And when I say many more ways to win, he's going to win by knockout if he wins. But what I mean is like he's going to have more opportunities. So he doesn't have to get him out in round one. He doesn't have to get him out in round five. He doesn't have to be winning the fight in round 10, 11, 12. I would suggest if you bet Wilder, you just take him by KO. Don't even mess around. He's either going to knock Fury out or he's going to lose on points. So that's just something to look at. I don't think much is going to change if they don't have a fight beforehand, which it doesn't seem like they do. It seems like it's official and they fight each other next, probably November, December here in Vegas. Then nothing else is going to change. The only thing you can say is Tyson will get in better shape and he'll work to tighten up his boxing and his uh, defense more. That's basically it. We already know what Wilder's going to bring. Wilder's going to come at him. It's not going to be like the Ortiz fight. Ortiz was a counter-punching power puncher. Because you could say, well, Fury is a counter-puncher. Yeah, but he pity-pats. Deontay is not going to be afraid to go after Fury. He's just not. And if he does, that's foolish. If you stand on the outside and let Fury just punch you in the face with a jab for 12 rounds like Klitschko did, then you should expect to lose because nobody's going to win that game. But if he comes in like the Wilder I expect, looking to press the fight, looking to land anything, whether it's a glancing blow to the body, a haymaker to the top of the head, anything just to put glove on Fury, then he's not going to stand back. He's going to go right after Fury, and he's going to be charging after him, swinging like a crazy man until he either gets him or he runs out of time. So pretty much I think that's what you're looking at with that fight. And like I said, hopefully going forward, if I have any more thoughts or whatever, this this podcast will be pushed down by then with a million other podcasts as the fight gets closer, talking about why they think this fight and style matchup or whatever. But remember where you heard it first. I'm telling you, I think that's how the fight plays out. 
as far as betting purposes go, I believe that Wilder is probably the correct side. And if something changes my mind or I see something where somebody gets hurt or something happens, then we'll revisit it. But as far as the main event on the card, Frampton and Jackson, I mean, what can you say? Carl did what he was supposed to do. I believe he was a minus 2,000 favorite. Um, he improved to 25-1 and one with 14 KOs. Luke was undefeated coming in, but he just wasn't on Carl's level. You could pretty much tell that straight away from the first round. Like, the kid was trying. He was game. But he just didn't have the ability right now. Could he get it later on? Who knows? But, like, his, his record was littered with, you know, a bunch of nobodies. Nobody near Carl's level. So, it was a tough ask for the kid. And I think that's why the line was where it was. And Carl was even favored to knock him out. And Carl hadn't had a knockout, I believe, in, like, seven fights. So, that pretty much tells you everything that you needed to know about the Frampton fight. Obviously, Frampton is world class. I don't think anybody, regardless if you like him, don't like him thought he was anything less than world-class so we're going to continue to see Frampton in these big fights in the world-class level and he's an exciting little fighter to watch so that pretty much sums that card up I do appreciate all your guys' support the love the following on social media obviously listen to the podcast and for now Fight Junkie is out <laughs>